0: Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Bucks of America podcast. This is a very special podcast. I am coming from uh, Channel Lakes Conservation Club in Wapaka, Wisconsin. And our guest of honor is Chris Ham from HHA and also Brian Austin from the Beast Mode Archery Challenge. coming up here in a few weeks. When I set this podcast up early this week, I was just thinking oh, it was just going to be me and Brian and John here. But uh, we had the pleasure of Chris gracing live here with me. So we're going to be discussing a lot of fun facts about HHA, the, the shoots they have right now, the operation program they're going through and how the success of his charity for veterans and his passion for it has really blossomed into something magnificent and like very few can, sh- uh, can make happen in themselves. And what, uh, I like from, uh, I want to go a little bit with Terry Cruz here. I just listened to his podcast and he says is that you, if you want it, you can create it. And that kind of resonated with me. So it's like, kind of like with, with my podcast and reaching all these people It's like, I wanted to do this. This is my own form of digital, um, adventure. Cause this way I, I'm traveling all across the place. I just came from La Crosse today to sit down with these guys and this beautiful day out here. It's, it's, it's warm, it's humid. We've got a little breeze, but we're in God's country. You can cannot, uh, go wrong with Wisconsin here. So, Chris, why don't you talk a little bit about yourself, and then we'll we'll roll into HHA. But like I was listening to your podcast with Eric Clark from the uh, Where to Hunt, and you you've been with the company pretty much since you were nine years old
1: in 84. This is true, yeah. Uh, 36 years, I guess, we've been at it now, so uh, Dad started our business in the, in the basement of a 1,200-square-foot ranch house in Wisconsin Rapids, um, and as the business grew, we moved from one house to the next. We're now in house three, so um, but myself, yeah, I, I've been at this since I was nine. Um, I've never had to do a job interview. I've never filled out a job application. Go ahead, and
0: you, you can speak up a little bit louder. A bit more? Yeah, because it's like you're very soft too too soft all right yeah
1: too soft so you just talk talk from your heart got you um yeah i've never never had to fill out a job application never once had a job interview and uh it's the only job i've ever had and it's one of the greatest ones in the world to be able to pursue your passion and get paid to do it so uh, the pay is just kind of a bonus but uh, yeah i I graduated high school i was going to go off to a four-year college my dad uh was a UWSP alum, Stevens Point. Okay. And so I decided to follow his tracks. And I was, I'll never forget this, I was sitting in a biology lab the night before Thanksgiving, 1993. Okay. Cutting a rat apart. Interesting. Yeah. And I'm thinking, what in the heck does this have to do with bows and arrows? <laughs> and, and the answer came to me absolutely nothing. And so on the way home, I decided I wasn't going back second semester. And, and I, my, my dad was a very. Honest man, he was a very fair man. But if you crossed him, you were gonna you were gonna get an arrow in your butt. <laughs> and I was uh, I was a little worried about telling him, "Hey, Dad, I don't think I want to go back next semester." Um, and I did, and he was okay with it. But he says, "You're you're not coming to work for me right away." He said, "You have to have some kind of post high school education." So I ended up going to the tech college in town. I actually took a semester off, lived at home, worked, and uh, uh, graduated from tech school in 1996, and then four or five months later, it was early November. Okay. Uh, he had a heart attack. And so there I am sitting on a hospital bed, 21 years old, still green behind the ears, even though I'd been working, you know, under dad for quite some time. Yeah. Not knowing if he was going to come home. That is a scary moment. I know
0: my dad had some, uh, some x-rays of his chest and like he had some symptoms with his heart. We weren't quite sure what's going on with that. And we, then when the x-rays came back, it showed that he had black spots in his lungs. So we weren't sure if there was, it was going to be uh uh, cancer because he's been smoking since you like 12, 13 years old. So I understand that fear, and then it's like, but it's like there there is a
1: happier ending for everything. There is, and I mean he luckily he was, at, thankfully he was at the hospital when he had his heart attack. Had he not been there, he he just passed away a year ago. Today is actually the, the one year anniversary of his passing. Uh, but had he not been at the hospital, we would have lost him 20, my math bad, 24 years sooner. Yeah. So uh, you talk about a blessing. I mean, because the that was actually the year that the optimizer came out. So, I mean, that was kind of the thing that set us into the stratosphere, and, and that's what people know us for today. So, had he had he checked out on us then, he never would have been able to see the, you know, the fruits of his labor and all his hard work. So, uh-huh. um, and it's something, I think, just within the last couple weeks, I mean, the, the shoot we had last weekend over at Antler Archers in Wisconsin Rapids, that's our hometown club. Okay. And that's where he cut his teeth on our, in archery. All right. So, always holds a special place in our hearts. So, I've, just, I've been very reflective here in the last week to, you know, two weeks, um, and I actually just on the way here this morning stopped over at the uh, at the cemetery oh a special I mean I uh it's not that I didn't want to go there I'm not a huge fan of cemeteries but I just I I wanted to wait I mean I could have gone on his birthday but I just thought you know what today's the today's the day I got to go there 100% I get that so so I've been up since about four o'clock this morning and, and popped into the cemetery a little after five. The sun was coming up over the tree yeah. and it was just it was perfect. And I just had a had five minutes out there with him and just uh, you know my, my passion for archery came from him. Uh, I was born in Owatonna, Minnesota. Even though my parents were born and raised in Wisconsin Rapids, they had moved to Minnesota for work in the 7th. Okay. And there's a picture of me um, in a, in an old Baker tree stand about four feet off the ground. All right. Perfect follow through with the, the suction cup bow and arrow. <laughs> nice. So I mean that was you know I was two years old so that was forty three years ago and I've been I've been shooting a bow ever since. Uh-huh. And so I mean archery has always been in our family. It's always been in in my blood and uh, you know now to be able to come and share my passion with other people for a cause like giving back to veterans. Yes. It's I mean it's just right in my wheelhouse. It's something. It's a it's a God ordained mission that He's uh-huh. going on and I'm just I'm, I'm super stoked to be able to do it and, and humbled by the response. Mm-hmm. So then
0: uh, like I know I understand that that bonding between, uh, uh, father and uh, sibling, you know, but I have a daughter myself and it's like, I got her started at three years old or the first compound bow for, or a uh, uh, recurve bow from, from, a, from diamond. And it's just, it's just been, it's like, she's been slowly getting better and better over the years. And it's like, I think she's gonna, she's gonna, she's gonna latch onto it just like you did as well. So what was the aha moment for your dad to
1: come up with HHA? He uh, he got into archery in the late 60s, early 70s, right when the recurves were kind of giving way to the compounds. Okay. And so, um, had a passion for the sport, wasn't very good at it, but he liked it and it was something that he did to recreate. Okay. Um, and was in managerial positions after he graduated college. He was, you know, an operations manager and he kind of job hopped a little bit and after 10 years of doing that, he just got sick of working for other people. Makes sense. And so, even though he had a management degree, he has no engineering background whatsoever. Uh-huh. Uh, he's had a... a Sharp-minded. I mean, he could he could craft stuff. We've actually, in fact, my mom still has it in our cupboard in the kitchen. It's an old cutting board that came from one of their houses back in the '70s. Okay. okay. They were doing the old, you know, uh, I don't know if it's linoleum, whatever, whatever the tops are. So it was basically, the sink cutout. Okay. That they made a, a cutting board out of, and the back of it has got Sharpie marker and pencil and hundreds, if not thousands, of thumbtack holes in it because he would make cardboard cutout models. Oh right. Of all hmm. the products that he was going to design and. You know, stick pin that I can remember him sitting in this lazy boy and just manipulating all these things and I mean he was a guy that was and he definitely passed that down to me I mean I think you can tell just by my enthusiasm I'm, I'm passionate about what I do I guess if I get into something I'm
0: not you get addicted like I did with archery here a few years ago it's like I, I suffer from a gunshot uh, going a gun going off like literally right here and so I'm kind of have hearing in here, but it's, uh, it's very low in my right ear. So that's why I'm sitting. That's why all you guys are to my left here. But when I got into archery after that injury, it's like I just dove right into it. I learned all the peaks and the valleys and draw and the draw weight and that ATA and all that fun stuff. And now because of that, it's like I've gotten several of my other friends like throughout the United States. Like they've come to me now about like what should I shoot, what should I get. And my biggest thing is like number one, shoot as many bows as possible, and number two, go get yourself an HHA uh, bow sight because it's like you're going to appreciate and it's going to last. You the lifetime of all your bows because I'm on my second bow right now. <laughs> I just keep on moving my um, optimizer. Yeah, I got the 5519. be out of business. You realize that? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like I, I did. I, after listening to your new your newest uh, one that came out here, it's like I want to. It's like I want to take my game to the next level. It's like I want to look at getting that uh, the it starts with a T. It's like the tetra. tetra. There we go. I like how you guys went back with the Greek uh, mythology from that and and bringing it into the today's play. It's like I like that history behind it because it sends home that value
1: yep yeah but i mean he was a guy that was just if he got into something you knew it if if dad was working on a project everybody everybody wore it it's like oh (laughs) yeah he's the mad scientist is in the lab you know leave him alone but um but that's something that you know that passed down to myself my brother does all of our engineering uh, my sister works for us I mean she's got uh, a passion for working out I mean the hams are if they're into something they're into it big time I mean, okay I'm a big NASCAR fan and I love Jimmy Johnson and I don't have one of his diecast cars I have them all so, uh, <laughs> that's and, awesome so uh, but that's just and the same thing goes with these shoots that we're doing I mean it's just it's you know I was up till midnight last night with my wife we're getting stuff ready for the silent auction and I'm, I'm living on four hours of sleep right now but I feel like I'm on I'm on cloud nine because oh, yeah. you know I'm in my element and It doesn't feel like work when you love what you're doing. I know what the meaning is. I
0: didn't go to bed until like midnight last night either. And it's like, because it's like I was getting everything prepped, getting sure I had multiple mics and stuff on the lines and everything's charged up and ready to rock and roll. And it's like, it's just exciting because it's like, you you don't feel like you're exhausted because you're doing what you love. And it's just fantastic. And it's like, I get to be here with John and and yourself here. And this is just a a blessing.
1: Yeah, no, uh, it's such a community. I mean, we've been doing these shoots for four years now. This is the first year under our own 501c3. But I mean, I've made so many good friends that... That I didn't know before I was doing this uh and with, with common you know like-minded and like-hearted yes um I mean I had people drive from a couple hours away this morning just to help me set up and not paying them anything and they just they, they they love me they love our veterans and I mean it's just, it's very rewarding to be able to do something like that and have that kind of passion and see people you know when there's so much crap going on out of them mm-hmm. it's nice to have a feel-good story and it's nice to be part of that. That is very true. It's like, and you mentioned
0: yesterday's podcast with Eric regarding the, uh, the honor flights. And when you mentioned that, it's like my company that I work for LHI, we do that. We, we, we send out mass emails. Like anybody wants to volunteer because Don Weber is the, the, the brainchild of, uh, his, LHI is his, his, baby and he grew it to, to where we're at today. And so we have that connection to do it. I have not myself gone to the honor flight because it's, it's like, I always have a family obligation going on, but it's like, for those that have an opportunity to go do it. I was like, I recommend doing it because I get to have that experience once a year when I go down to the standout event I was telling you about and I get to Walk hand in hand with veterans that are that are disabled or or cannot carry their packs or their rucksacks, and we just stuff it full of stuff. So this way, then they're prepared for the upcoming winter. So they're they are homeless because they're we get a bit of like 60 sixty forty. We had sixty percent homeless, forty percent come in and it's like, well, I'm a veteran, I want free stuff type scenario. And it's like you, as you the more years you do, you kind of see the ones that are that you don't really need it type scenario. It's like there's somebody else that does, but uh, it gives you that humble experience to get into, to to talk to them and. and and, uh, like learn what they've gone through and like what they're what they wish they would have done differently or what they do whether wish they like what they've accomplished in their life
1: yeah and I mean I, I truly believe I mean obviously we've all got jobs we have to you know provide a livelihood for our families and keep a roof over our head but I mean the, the Four or five years ago i mean i really kind of discovered the meaning of life and that's basically serving other people that's why i was put here mm-hmm. we obviously have to take care of ourselves but there's this there's something you can't put a price on it how gratifying it is and how much joy it brings you when when you're sinking your heart and soul and your time into a cause and people appreciate it. Yes, it's, it's just amazing. I mean, I've been able to go on two honor flights as a guardian, and I get I get goosebumps just thinking about it. I mean, yeah, I, I run all of our social media for Facebook and Instagram, and the post I put out yesterday was uh, there's a guy named Dave Junior. Um, he's out of wausau never forgotten honor flight which is where i got my start volunteer okay he's on every flight he donates all of his time he's an awesome photographer mm-hmm. and, and i mean everybody's seen the picture with the the guys with their hands on the wall and this was a gentleman most most times it's vietnam but yesterday i stumbled across one of his photos it was a gentleman at the korean war memorial okay he can't see his face but he's got both of his hands on the wall and i just i, I mean look at i've I got goosebumps just yeah i see that i him. see that i mean it, it a picture is worth a thousand words that one is probably a hundred thousand and just to just to be able to provide that opportunity for a veteran that maybe didn't get that welcome home that he deserved obviously the you know, Korea was a little different story than Vietnam, but just the, the closure and the healing and the camaraderie that happens amongst those veterans. Mm-hmm. I'm not a veteran myself, but just to be able to stand back at, at 30,000 feet and watch that yes. in that course of the day in Washington, D.C., it's uh, outside of my wedding. It's hands down the, the best day of my life going on an honor flight. That's that's uh, I, I picked up that passion when I listened to that podcast. I
0: thought I'm glad you were able to deliver that again here uh, and then what changed? What was the the epiphany that like really brought out this vulnerability to be open to be courageous to to do this massive undertaking
1: i uh i mean i um, and we're, we're going to get a little deep into the weeds here, but I'm I'm going to feel led to talk about it, and that's going to be okay. So I I was born and raised in the Catholic Church, okay, and I walked away from that when I was about 20 years old. All right, and I just I I don't need that, you know. I'm I'm my own man. I'm going to do my own thing. And I I had in mind when I graduated Tech College, I had a great teacher there, and she since passed away from cancer, but she was an absolute sweetheart, very instrumental okay. in my education. And she sat down with me in her office about a month before I I left school and she says well what you know what's your two-year goal what's your five-year goal what's your ten-year goal what do you what do you want to do she knew i was going to work for dad okay and i just said well you know i'm still living at home i said at some point i would like to build a house i want to buy a brand new truck i want to make a bunch of money and i want to get married okay and within five years of graduating i did all those things okay but i was i was chasing stuff i was checking boxes off thinking okay i'm gonna be happy now well every one of those i checked it, it wasn't working. Okay. And long story short, I got divorced. I went down a pretty dark path where I got, I, I drank for a lot of years, probably two years, Okay. very heavily to, to bury all the demons and all the mistakes mm-hmm. that I made. And the only thing that saved me was my faith. I rediscovered my faith. Okay. And when I did that, it...
0: Everything switched for you. I know what you, I, I can completely relate to because I was a victim of the 2008 uh, recession down in Arizona. I lost everything, lost my apartment, lost my truck, lost my job, everything. So I went on a walkabout for about nine months and I walked all across the West right there. and. I came. It was in Klamath Falls, Oregon, where I sat down and I saw, like it's pitch black in my tent. Just got done reading my Bible because, like, a few hours prior to that, I met this sweet old lady. That's like she just came picked me up and she's like, "Hey, you guys look like you need a ride." And a friend of mine and we, we, we split our ways and did a different location. But I went on my own way, and she gave she gave us both a Bible and I still have it to this day. And what ended up happening in the tent is that I'm watching this fight between good and evil, and then after that, it's. Like so I I put my I just I would ask for like directions because like w- at that time in early October in Oregon it gets cold and it gets rainy and so it's like I'm, I'm looking at and I'm watching these clouds stuff like that and it's like I watched this path this 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 opening open up in a sense where it's just sunlight and I just follow that all the way around and I met the, uh, a gentleman by the name of Larry and he was part of a I can't remember what tribe but he took me to my next, my next destination kept on going from there but it's like having that opening. And opening your heart back up again, because like you, you go through trials through because like I kind of shut myself down after my parents got divorced, and so then it's like it just it just, just kind of lasts from there. And you feel the the selfishness, and it's like and, it, and it's very hollow. There's no f- emotion there. Exactly. And so and life is a trail ride. It's not a marathon. It's not a race. It's not a sprint. But it's a it's a trail ride. And this way, it's like because it's like along the ways you get to see and stop a lot of beautiful things, and it's like that mountain just keeps getting further and further because it's. Things, you'll never achieve it, but it's, it's, it's a fun
1: walk to get there. Absolutely. And I mean, you talk about selfishness. I mean, there was a time, and, I, and I'm and i not tooting my own horn, but I think I was a good enough salesman where even though I had a lot of junk going on in my personal life, I yeah. was able to hide that on the road when I was out traveling. Mm-hmm. Back in 2000, I want to say it was 2013, I'd have to look back in our catalogs, but we had launched a uh, site called the Cadet. It was a youth archery site, kind of right. entry level. Hey, you know, junior, buy an Optimizer Cadet, and then five years from now you can, you can graduate and buy one like that dad's got fair enough and so uh and the site literally fits in the palm of your hand and there's a picture of me at the Matthews show with that site all right and it got put on the cover of archery business And, and I was in such a dark spot I was just I was not happy with the life I was living I wasn't happy even though our business was successful I'll never forget this I was sitting in the parking lot at Walmart and the publisher at the time his phone number came up on the screen of my truck And I said, hey, Jared, how's it going? He's like, good, Hammer, how are you doing? And I said, don't tell me. I said, you're putting me on the cover of the magazine, aren't you? I just knew it. Okay. And I didn't want it. Uh Uh-huh. I didn't want it. And he's like, yeah, isn't that awesome? And I'm like, yeah, man, that's awesome. And so there I am on the cover of that magazine. But God had a purpose for that. Yeah. Yeah and I resurrected that picture last January at the ATA show all right I was approached by Target the Heart which is a faith-based breakfast that they do there it's a prayer breakfast okay and they asked me to speak I got to share my testimony mm-hmm. uh, before David Blanton and I used that picture and I shared that story with people I said that you know it, it literally looks like I've got the world in the palm of my hand here's the you know one of the owners of one of the premier site companies in the industry with a big smile on his face I was probably hung over and I was miserable and I said, that's not that's not what life is all about. Life is about serving other people. And so that was where the shift changed for me. And so that whole time, there was other things happening in my life that I didn't I didn't see them through that lens. But we had started a military discount. Okay. And that started to gain traction. There was more and more veterans and, and active duty service members coming to us. Hey, do you guys have a discount? And that, that was filtered through me. So I got to have a lot of one-on-one interactions, be it phone calls, emails, with these vets and these active duty service members. And I just started to i was getting pushed in that direction but yet at the same time I'm yes thinking, i'm not a veteran why, why do you want me to do this so i kept pushing it away and pushing it away but yet it kept coming back around back around and then 2000 it was probably 2013 14 um jonathan lucroy okay who was a catcher for the milwaukee brewers at the time all right um somehow got my contact info we hooked him up with some sites and, and went down and met him at miller park went to a game and uh he had been on an honor flight out of Milwaukee all right and so right around that same time he made the all-star team and i'm texting him one night and uh like you know congrats on the all-star nod and then um i had also seen an article in our local paper about him going on the honor flight and i, I wasn't super familiar with it at the time cuz i mean i think our chapter started like 2010 all right so this was you know only a couple years in and it didn't have the the name and the reputation that it did now uh-huh. and i said tell me about this and he's like dude hands down the coolest thing i've ever done and i'm like wow that's 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 big, you know. There's a guy that just made his all-star team, and he's putting that down here, and Honor Flight's up here. So at that point, I started looking into it more, and I I volunteered. And, I mean, you talk about what you do. I mean, it's it's a special person that does that. Not to put ourselves up on a pedestal, but Mm -hmm. everybody... You're, we're serving people
0: yeah it's essentially and you're, you're connecting to that person because it's like you never know that person you're talking to you, be, you could be the first person that's talked to them in hours days months years and it's like there's some times where I, uh, you never know when that one person you sit down with is like contemplating suicide or that needs that escape or that, that appreciates that invite like I have friends of mine that served during from 1999 all up until just a few years ago and it's like they have the the roughness and the PTA, PTSD D. so it's like i do my best to to try to provide my insight and try to help them out or at least let's get let's go out and get out and get some sun get some vitamin d
1: yeah and then speaking of suicide let's come back around to that because I, I have a story that i think maybe i shared on eric's podcast too that i want to share with you guys. i did that on but, purpose yeah um <laughs> but um yeah i mean the, the, the core group of volunteers i mean just to i mean it's a family i mean i was, mm-hmm. I was there for one flight and it's like man this is this is home, this is where I'm supposed to be, and so it got to be, I think we were probably in year two of volunteering, and um, my job was to um, get up early in the morning, get to the hotel, make sure okay. the kids get on the bus, mm-hmm. get them to the airport, then I'd go to work, and I'd do the reverse so I'd get back there, you know, hour or two before the flight came back, and I would direct traffic in front and then make sure they get back on the bus, back to the airport, so, or back to the hotel, and um, that morning of that flight, I had met a guy named Tom Wood, and he was actually uh, a board member at the Rib Mountain Bowman, which is where we had to shoot a few Weeks ago, okay. And so we obviously had a common bond with archery, some mm-hmm. contact info, and um, didn't think anything of it. Well, then that night, I get to uh, back up to the airport, and I meet this gentleman, a civilian, that had a bar in Wausau. All right, and he said, uh, he said, yeah, I had one of these washed-up '80s hairbands come through last summer. Okay. And I charged ten bucks at the door, and I had 500 people, so I raised almost five grand, and I handed all the money over to the honor flight. That's fantastic. And I'm like that that's awesome so again you know we exchange pleasantries i go back about my job all well, at night it's about a 45 minute ride home from the airport so i'm driving home and all, now all the pieces are starting to come together okay okay i met a guy that is a board member at the rib mountain bowman this guy's got a business and he decided to donate a bunch of money i've got a business i love this how, how can i leverage my success mm-hmm. for this organization so um, another one of our archery shops, Bucks and Bulls Archery, out of Stevens Point, had done a cancer benefit All right. for one of his customers that lost her husband to cancer, mm-hmm. and my wife and I had went and participated in that, and so I thought, well, Gary's a guy that will probably, you know, he's got a heart for causes, I can probably call him, so long story short, that was like October of uh, 2016, so three phone calls later, and a week later, we've got three archery shoots planned for 2000 That's fantastic. And um, just using my connections within the industry, instead of being old, selfish, Chris, now it's, it's. Uh, what can I do for you, Chris? Mm-hmm. Calling up and saying, hey, Matthews, would you guys send me a bow? I'm putting on a veteran shoot. Or lacrosse boots, can you guys do something for me? Or Vortex yeah. Optics. Okay. Like. The, the list goes on and on. So we did $15,000 in three weekends. Wow. 2017. Okay. Three shoots. We put on the same three shoots in 2018. That number doubled. 30,000 that is awesome 2019 we added a fourth shoot now we're at 45 grand and so, in three years' time, ten weekends out of the last three years of my life, I've invested in archery shoots for veterans, and we raised ninety thousand dollars. <sighs>
0: That's impressive. That's a that was 2018, correct? 17,
1: 17, 19. Uh, oh, it was all between oh, this between is arcing. Okay. Yep. And so, but I had, the more of these shoots that I did, and the more people that came to them, they're like, "Hey, this is awesome. Would you consider coming over here and doing one?" And I'm like, maybe. And so, uh, my original plan was to go national with this, but I hadn't yet had a 501 C3 and gotten into the weeds on the, on the legal aspect of that. Yeah. And so my plan was to, uh, you know, cap Wisconsin at four and then let's start going other states. Cause I mean, I've got connections with our dealer network. I could do a shoot in any state if I wanted to, but that's, that's very true. It gets expensive from a, a legal side to, to incorporate a, a nonprofit in every state and, uh, Long story short, I had a gentleman from Toma come up to one of our shoots last year. Okay. That, um, in Wausau, he's like, man, I love what you're doing. Would you think about coming down to our club next year and doing a shoot? I'm like, well, I kind of wanted to, you know, cap Wisconsin at four. I didn't tell him that. <laughs> I'm like, I took his contact info. I'm like, well, let me let me think about it. Okay. Possibly. That afternoon, I have a guy come down from Anago and it, I swear they met in the parking lot. Same conversation. <laughs> That's awesome. And it's like, hey, we love what you're doing. Would you think about coming up to? And it's like, okay, I see. I see what's happening here. I, I'm, I'm getting called to stay home for now. Okay. And really perfect these things here. Understandable. Um, long term, I mean, I, I have no idea where HHA USA is going. God knows. I don't know. Yes. But, but for right now, I'm just I'm staying home in Wisconsin. We had we were supposed to have nine shoots this year. We're going to have eight. Um we we shut down our raffle we did a bowl raffle the last couple of years and that raised about of the 40 grand we raised last year i think about 25 percent of it was bowl raffle but wow with the word flying around yes i didn't know how comfortable people were going to feel exchanging raffle tickets and with a lot of people out of work i didn't know if they were going to have the cash to buy them so we just we put that on the shelf for this year we're going to resurrect that next year okay um but that said um you know this is a new venue for us this year um the shoot in Stevens Point three years ago I walk in the night before my wife does a tremendous job helping me I mean I'm the I'm the front man I'm the guy doing the podcast I'm the guy at the shoots yes um, but she is behind the scenes helping me with raffle prizes running the spreadsheets to make sure that the money is counted properly okay. she does so much and I, I wouldn't be able to do this without her I know the same thing my wife does the exact
0: same thing she makes sure that, I, that the funding is available for me to go on these these random trips because it's like four years ago when we first met in 16 it's like I had, my, I had a focus for this podcast to be Able to start traveling, stuff like that. It took us a couple of years, but it's like I've gotten Florida underneath my belt, Arizona, Iowa, Minnesota, Wisconsin. So it's like the the states I've touched are growing, and then hopefully in, in
1: ten years or so, I can be going over to New England and talking to somebody over there. Right. And so, I go to that shoot three years ago, and Gary says, hey, there's a guy that donated a bear hunt. There's a flyer out on the table for it. Okay. Eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper with all these details, really small print, you know, retail value, $1,800. bucks. All right. And this gentleman by the name of Mike Foogie, and I'm thinking, okay, this is really nice, but it's literally 12 hours before the shoot. I know nothing about this guy. All right. I don't know if he's got a good bear hunt or a teddy bear hunt. Mm-hmm. And, and I was a little miffed, to be honest, and I've shared this story with him quite a bit. Uh, but then once I cooled down, I'm like, well, this is pretty generous of this cat to... to donate this shoot to us so he yeah. came in the next day and we've been great friends he was he was he's the guy that brought the northern chill water today he's my water boy that's awesome yeah this water is, is fantastic
0: especially with the the ph balance of being 7.8 for those who are nerds like that it's completely
1: alkalized so this way you're not uh it's all good stuff coming in yeah and I'm, I'm going to apologize for calling him a water boy and we we both have good senses of humor <laughs> and he knows better but i just want to throw that out there so but no i mean he uh he puts on bear hunts up in iron river wisconsin all right um and he is the reason that we're here today because the club president who is a vietnam veteran here that had gone on an honor flight went on a bear hunt with mike two years ago oh okay so that's where things are starting to piece together and so mike was talking to him telling him about me about our organization and and craig bailey uh was down at Deerfest last year okay and he comes up to me in my booth he's like would you be interested in partnering with us on one of our shoots okay and i'm like wait what because i mean this is this shoot's been going on for 20 25 years and there's going to be three to 400 people here this all right yeah this is this is day one of the three-day event yeah and we're already over 100 we're probably up to 110 or 120 shooters in day one so um i was i was humbled that they wanted to partner with me because i mean it's going to put people in front of hha usa that haven't seen it before yes and so i I was in Mm -hmm. instantly and so uh that's kind of how this this all came about um but what a what an opportunity i mean they They've got a great club here. I mean, I know you guys, well, you, Brian, you shot the course.
2: Yeah, it was a great course. They have an awesome setup, good targets. Uh, they got some water features here, you know, with the bridge and stuff and shooting across the creek. So yeah. it's great. A few kayakers. Yeah, you got to be careful with
1: the kayakers.
0: Yeah, we, we had a few. I yeah. did see, I did watch the paddle boater coming through, and it's like I'm watching, like what? And she just dropped down to her knees and went, just flew right underneath the bridge and just kept on going. And it's like it's fun to watch the kayakers because they get, get hung up on some of the rocks up there in the rapids. So they will set there those little, they'll them to move around but they'll keep on moving but it's it's, it's a, a very like awesome place to do it and especially like this, these guys uh, the Channel Lakes Club only opens uh, Memorial Day weekend uh, J- Fourth of July weekend what's the other one that they Labor open Day. Labor Day weekend yep. to the public to so allow lot of you people to do this so it's like this is a great way to get your family get your kids out here get away from the video games get away from the cell phones and do a shoot in the morning and then like this weekend happens to be the, the operation what, this is number operation number this is number boy what are we on is this seven? Seven? Seven or eight? eight. Seven. Okay. And then, then you can then turn around and go tubing down the rest of the day. There's the afternoon. It's like you got a, a very entertained, filled day. It's beautiful. I mean, this
1: is probably one of the best kept secrets in Wisconsin. It is. You, I would never have guessed it back in here. Um, they've, you know, they've got a Facebook page. I'm, I'm working with uh, the guy that runs the archery thing out here to get him on Instagram. And I just, I want to do everything I can to help promote the clubs, which is yeah. kind of another, kind of a side bonus to me doing these veteran shoots. I mean, some of them we go into archery shops, but then we've actually go to a lot Lot of clubs as well, yes. And anybody that knows anything about archery clubs, mm-hmm. the participation is not what it was 10, 15, 20 years ago. I mean, I remember no. our local club. Uh, back when I was a kid, when HHA got started, we probably had 160, 170 members. Yes. This year we had 60, 65 Wow. So it's I mean, a big drop, big time. And but so then again, we've we have these
0: distractions of new technology and Xboxes and PS3s, and then but then we're we have so many things going on in, our, on our, in a to maintain a household. You're always working, and it's like if ain't bringing in money to pay for a hospital bill, a vet bill, or the or the electric bill, it's like it's tough to chisel out some time.
1: True, and it's it's a lot easier for people to shoot in their backyard now. I mean, I've got a three D target it's in my backyard. I've got, you know, we have 17 acres. I have a, I have a mini version of this. It's not quite as scenic, but, you know, yes. it's easy for archers to shoot in their backyard. Uh, that is valid. That way. But, I mean, I, I really see these shoots as an opportunity to kind of have multiple branches. Obviously, they're going to help our veterans. Mm-hmm. But um, HHA, on our for-profit side, we're a big sponsor for S3DA, which is Scholastic 3D Archery. Okay. Amazing organization. It's basically NASP 2.0. So, I mean, I think you're familiar with National Archery in schools. Yes. Um but NASP only takes the kids so far, and S3DA kind of takes them the rest of the way, and it gets them from the gym into the bow shop, into the tree stand.
0: That's fantastic. It's nice to have that, uh, that arc between different stages of a young in, young person's uh, mind and the stages of their own life.
1: Yes. And, and so, I mean, we've got a club. Uh, it's Blaze and Arrows. Uh, I've seen some of them walking around here with their, their Blaze Orange jerseys on, but they're over in yeah. Hortonville at, at Old 45 Archery just a few few miles from here. Okay. And they, they travel, just like my nieces and nephews travel to play sophomore to play baseball these kids and their parents they show up at all my shoots okay and it's awesome and and i think there's opportunities for that to continue to grow it's Um, it's it's cross-country but more fun right right (laughs) and and, and what an opportunity i mean i'm not a parent myself but what an opportunity to take your kids to an archery shoot it's fun it's fun Mm -hmm. for the whole family it's clean fun it's cheap and this is going back to an awesome cause it's going back to our veterans so not only are the is the whole family getting out and exercising but they're also you know their money is going towards something then obviously some of it goes back to the club to help those guys but it's going to a great cause as well hundred percent so we're, uh, we're we're excited about that and just uh, just excited to see what the future has to hold for this thing
0: then how'd your guys is Brian how'd your guys relationship blossom to
2: where we're at today I believe uh, I contacted Chris. I got your name and number uh, for my brother, Mike, that works at Vortex in regards to um, possibly having HHA be a supporter of the Beast Mode Archer Challenges. Yes. So I think that's how we might have initially talked or, or met that way, but of course, born and raised here in Wisconsin. I've used HHA sites ever since I was, like that was my first official site was yes. the Optimizer. Yeah. And I think I still actually have my first one. It's probably 15, 20 years old now. Okay. And I've graduated from, I now have the Kingpin. I think I was probably one of the first ones to buy the Kingpin. I forget when that came out. It probably 6, 7, 20, and, 2015. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so I got that on my bow, And it's a great site. I have to admit, I have deviated and tried some other brands out, but I keep coming back to HHA, they're solid made. I mean, they are bombproof. Yes, they are. Uh, I've so. dropped my bow from the, from the smoke tree stand. It's like,
0: oh man! But it's like, I shot my deer. That, that, like hours later, I shot my deer and stayed. Hey, right. hey, he's he's eating now. So so yeah. they're, they're bombproof. They're made right here in Wisconsin. So you can't get any better than that. So yes, I'm a, those people that listen to this podcast. I am huge on American made
1: products. And we are, too. I mean, that's something that, you know, when we started this out, uh, it took us until 92 to actually start our own machine shop. Okay. Because um, machine shops are expensive. Those, those CNC machines are not cheap by any means. No. No. I mean, you got a good chunk of money tied up in one of those, and we, we now have six ha CNC machines that we run. Yeah. We've got we've got seven full-time operators at our machine shop, but uh, when Dad started out, he was using a, another place down in of Wisconsin to make most of our parts. All right. Which was fine, but the profit margins weren't there. Yes. And so it was just him and the early days and then my brother had gone off you and I were talking before we went live here that he had well, worked in lacrosse yes. for the train company um, as an engineer and then in 91 I think it was 1991 we came out with caliper releases that was when the kind of the caliper jaw release experience yes. really took off yeah um, and it was just murder to, to make those fast enough. I mean, we had huge demand, but we weren't able to keep up. And yes, and, and my dad could see, you know, the writing on the wall that the business was about to go to the next level. And so he said, Brian, you know, would you, would you come back to work for me and be my engineer and, and design products with me and start our machine shop? So that happened 20, where are we at? 28 years ago. Wow. Uh, started with one machine in, in a room about three times the size of this picnic table. Okay. And my brother was designing the stuff, and he was running the machine, and that lasted all of about, I don't even think it was six months, because I think by March, February March, we had hired our first full-time operator. Wow. That's that's a great progression for how fast, like, your, your dad's seeing, like,
0: th- was that, like, the writing on the wall because of that? And then what other impacts for the last
1: 28 years that have like been right on the wall like where we like to push your company to the next level yeah i mean it's been it's been fun to see that and i think you know just with this being the anniversary of his passing and us getting on the cover of inside archery which we were very humbled by that on as well um i've been a lot more reflective here in the last couple months and just kind of not that i didn't appreciate our success but it's like man we've we've done all right and we we wouldn't be able to do that without you know the great core group of employees we have the loyal supporters i mean we've got i'm I'm friends on facebook with a couple of our dealers that are now since retired yes and uh i mean we we hugged in the aisle at ata a couple years ago and we had tears in our eyes i mean our, our our dealers aren't just paying customers they're family members too yes and so um I kind of went off on a rabbit trail there but you had asked me about uh, just those those landmark you know kind of benchmark moments and yes. 92 was definitely one of them when we got into the caliper releases and then 96 was the big one that everybody knows this mm-hmm. one that's when the optimizer came out yes and so you know it was just like this and then all of a sudden it was just
0: and then 2018 was a big year too and then 2019 was just kind of a
1: it was weird 2019 was kind of a dud so yeah I mean between 96 and, and you know 2016 that was when I spent the bulk of my time out on the road that was when I was you know, I was the show guy, and I was kind of the face of the company because after Dad had his heart attack, he yeah. kept traveling. So, um, and that's one thing I want to do a better job of, is kind of getting him back out in front of people, even though he's gone now. Yes. And he'd probably be a little miffed at me, but that's okay. He's going to have to deal with it. <laughs> um, you know, because HHA Sports is is Harry Ham and Associates. That's what HHA stands for. Okay. And, and so many people don't know that. They don't know the history. They don't know that we're still building products out of the basement of my mom's house. That's what tra- that's what uh, Travis told me when I wanted when, I, when I, one of, our, one of our,
0: our last podcasts. If you guys go back listen to Aeropolar, uh, you'll understand what that tab- the title means, but he gave me like an I I a foundation like you guys are still doing that. It's like it's still heartwarming
1: that it's like it's still in your basement, and still growing. I mean, it's a bigger basement than when yes. we started 36 <laughs> years ago, but but we're definitely we're, we're starting to push the edges of that. I mean, yes. I think 2018 was our biggest year on record. We had We had 18 or 19 people working assembly in a 3,200-square-foot area. Okay. Um, And when you're trying to assemble products, when you're trying to warranty them, when you're trying to have customer service calls, when you're trying to take orders, it's like a swarm of bees. I mean, it's like... It, it's, it, we're making it work, but, but at some point, you know, we may have to, to look at a possible expansion and actually have a brick and mortar building at some point. So.
0: Well, we there, I did talk to my mortgage lender, and he said there's going to be a dip in, in the real estate
1: this fall and the spring, so it's like your opportunity may be coming. So, possible. And, 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 you know, the downside, too, is that both of our operations aren't under one roof. We, we operate out of a 60 to 70 year old building that actually, ironically, my dad worked in in one of his first jobs out of college. No kidding. Talk um, about the full circle now one yeah yeah i mean he went back in there in 92 and we opened it because the factory shut down in the late 80s and it stayed vacant for a couple years and then they opened it up as a business incubator for young companies like ourselves to get okay. economical rent we had access to forklifts and um, you know mm-hmm. semi drop off and things like that so so we're down there and it's it's we, we've done not to pat our own back ourselves on the back i think we've done a good job of having a, a pretty tight knit group and a good culture but but it's a little bit challenging when you've got two different locations so it, w- it would really be nice at some point to get that all on under one roof
0: exactly kind of build a
1: camaraderie and
0: then it establishes that the relationship
1: with everybody so it's where you're not talking to everybody through via through email or for over the phone right right but like i said i mean we we've got just a great team i mean we uh we met with both both locations yesterday just before the shutdown because we've been working six tens ever since we came back to work the day after memorial day wow just to get caught up yeah and we're, we're close we're not quite there yet so yep. for any of your listeners out there with if you if you guys gals are going online and see stuff out of stock we apologize we're, we're getting there i would think probably by the 15th of uh, of july every Things should be finally back in stock. Yeah, but um, but what a blessing to, to go through the year that we've gone through, and then to come out the other side of this and just I get the numbers every day, and I just shake my head. I mean, that's just that's a testament to the to the company that my dad built with the principles of being American-made, of treating people right. Yes, you know, um, standing behind your products and, and just being just being a good guy you know you and i are just met here today and yeah. yet i feel like i've known you for a long time because we're, we're just sitting here just chatting and we're, we're talking shop yeah and i, I,
0: I it's 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 funny because it's like on my way up here i was listening to terry cruz and he's got a very humble beginning coming from flint michigan to be in the uh, nfl and to where he's at today but he said it's the biggest thing is like avoiding shame and like shaming people because that's what attracts people to other other individuals is like you don't shame them it's like you 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 teach them you you like there's no such thing as failure and you 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 adopt that in your mind. It's only learning, and it's like you stub your toe, and you just
1: keep moving forward. Well, and there's unfortunately there's too much of that in this world, that happens in our industry. Where I mean, you know, I'll say this: Black Gold and, and Spot Hog are two of our biggest competitors. Yes, but but I'll be I'll go on record as saying this: They make great products. They do, and they're great people. We're, they're, they're competitors of ours, but we're friends with them. Mm-hmm. We, we we I stopped and talked to to Dustin from Black Gold for ten minutes this year at the ATA show, and we caught up, and you know, how's the family doing? How you doing? I mean, that's just. That's how you do things right. Yes, you, know, you can still be successful without stepping on your competitors.
0: And and it's like if if you're creative, you're not being competitive. And it's like and that's where it allows you to, to not be like this tunnel vision or having uh, shutters on your eyes where you're your tunnel vision only looking at one direction and having being creative and. In this market, is is, is what leads people to be cutting edge instead of being negatively talking down towards it for one company to the next or this company this, this. I don't like this company. It's like no, it's like it's you. It's positivity in, positivity out, and then it's like it just helps you collaborate. Because right. who knows? One day
1: you may have you may get to the point where you could buy one of those companies out. You never know. And I mean, competition is good. If we yeah. were the only game in town, our product line would probably be pretty stale. Yeah, because we wouldn't look at them and go. Well, that's pretty sweet. We gotta we gotta find out how to do that our way. Yes. You know, and vice versa. Yes. I mean, the, the competition is good. It's healthy for the market. It is. It is a hundred percent on so, that. So speaking of the competition and, and
2: product and stuff, is there anything that you are able to uh, share with us of maybe
1: new product that's coming out in the next year or or the product that you have this year? If it wasn't July fourth, if it was like November fourth, I would probably be a little <laughs> more loose lip than I am. Yes. But j- just know that we've got some cool stuff going on. We uh, we're coming out with one new site next year that we're pretty excited about and then we're we're getting back into a category that we've been in several times in the past um, that's 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 exciting here i don't here. want to tip our hat too much but we're that's a teaser isn't we, it it is, it is. It i'm is. excited hey i'm a marketing
0: guy <laughs> 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 all three of us are because we all have our own little uh, niche in this uh, in this market now what is your thoughts on this this whole like combining a, a, a range finder and a bow sight because like Garmin's come out theirs and it's like i like the concept of it but it's it's it's, it's something like i don't think it has the reliability
1: that you'd want i mean as much as i love like electronics i love them when they work and i get really mad when they don't yes and the last thing i want to do is go on a ten thousand dollar hunt with a with a phone out on the end of my bow and relying on that thing solely to get the job done yeah because if i'm thousands of miles from nowhere and it doesn't work then what? Yeah, that's my
0: thoughts too. Because Leopold came out with their Vendetta one and two, and then they just stopped doing it. And the Garmin came out with theirs, and it's like I don't think that that market is going to really have the, punch, the puncture, the puncture, the punch that that
1: they think they're going to be able to deliver. I don't think so. I mean, I don't want you know here I am talking about Spot Hog and Black Gold and saying how much I like those guys. I don't want to make it sound like I'm throwing the electronic site companies under yeah, the bus. Yeah, no, not. but I just I, I don't think I don't think our industry is quite ready for Star Wars on our bows yet. As big as a Star Wars fan as I am, yes, I, I don't think we're quite there yet and mm-hmm. I mean you've got you know I think they've come down a little bit in price but I mean the economical side of it is not uber attractive to everybody no and coming uh, at almost a grand for some of their sites and a lot of states don't allow them
0: to have them it's like yeah, you're, you're pretty much cornered to only whitetail only in that point in time it's like it's
1: most of us only shoot out to 40 to 60 yards maximum anyways yeah and I mean we, we always we have conversations about you know what's the next big thing? What, what's the next optimizer? We may never have another optimizer. I mean that might be our our deal. Yes. But um, you know fiber optics came out almost thirty years ago, and there still hasn't been anything that's knocked them off the, the pedestal. pedestal yeah. As far as that's that's how you shoot a sight is with a fiber yeah. optics So
0: that's what attracted me to, to my uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go get down the serum with the five the, the optimizer fifty five uh, nineteen with the one point nine uh, sight with the with the with the the fiber optics, and it's like that's why I came to. It's a larger option larger uh, aperture it brings in more sunlight and it's just it's
1: fantastic it's it's proven me very well i love it yeah and i mean it's cool i just i sent my wife and my brother a picture there was a guy shooting behind us today that literally had like one of the first optimizers oh wow and i'm like dude that's that's pretty cool um and it was probably circa 1998 okay um and it's funny because I asked him where his bow shop was and it's just down the road here and I'm, I'm good friends with the with the dealer good guy and I uh, they took a, a group shot of us you know at one of the targets and I All right. went around and I said hey I said because uh, I didn't know if Mike the, the shop owner was going to show up I said tell him I said hi but tell him he's a crappy salesman because you've got a 20 plus year old <laughs> side on your bow so. oh that's fantastic you're making him too good though Chris <laughs> yeah yeah um, but no I mean we just uh, it's really really cool to look back on the, the history and the trajectory and just how the business has gone and the the great relationships that we have I mean I'm just meeting you guys today but I can tell Brian you and I've obviously known each other for a little while but I mean when, when people have that common passion it's like yep yeah, yes. that, that, that guy's good stuff you know we're gonna be friends for a long time
0: yeah and it's like I was just talking to my friend Ben Henderson Harrison and he runs the bow hunting League and that's uh, that thing the group has exploded he, he what his thing is that the, they do competitions of teams of three to four people and you they do they have multiple contracts Test your answer in there, and I we had a conversation here a few weeks ago, and the podcast is live right now, and it's he's just seen this this massive increase with people for bow hunting, and it's like they they do different things for people that do bow for bear for whitetail for Sitka for elk and stuff like that, so they try to encompass all the competition in there, and it's like they have a big doe, they have king buck competitions, stuff like that, and they're all, they're going to be looking at their biggest year yet, and their, their group went from six thousand people, and then one they incorporated turkeys in. There, it jumped almost three thousand people in that group alone, mm-hmm. and I couldn't believe it. And so I told them, it's like, I was like, "Hey, I'm sitting down with HGA. It's like, did have you ever talked to them, or have you talked to anybody about having a uh, um, a site sponsor for for a, a contest prize? Because they bring, they, they, they do the same thing too. It's like it's all kind of like a fun thing, and all the money gets recycled back in the, into the into the organization. So, but it's yeah. like, so I was like, well, I'll introduce you to him. So it's like, I think you guys would might, might have a good conversation. He's a nice uh, Indiana boy, and it's like we had a nice conversation, and we exchanged pleasantries. So so it's like I'm just finding a time to be
1: able to fly out to Indiana and go bow on with them. Awesome! No, I mean we and we'd be all on board for that. You and I talked before. I mean we're, we'll do a, a site giveaway here with your listeners too. I mean the, the, it's we, we like giving stuff away. I mean, we can't give away the farm, but it's nice to get stuff out there for people that maybe just don't want to take a chance on it, or to, to reward that guy that's been a long time HHA customer and he's fortunate enough to win the win the latest and greatest without having to go spend his money on it. So. That is a plus and stuff like that. And with
0: um, Bucks of America being having a clothing brand behind it, we'd like we. Tr- or our, uh, camaraderie comes down to like we established groups where people can share their pictures and not be judged and stuff like that Bucks of Nebraska is our biggest uh, uh, flagship that we have out there and it's like it's gotten so big that you can see our Nebraska gear in Lincoln Memorial Stadium which is fantastic so it's like we're, I'm hoping to try to get we're, we're continually growing in and it's nice to see where how Bucks of Wisconsin took off Iowa Minnesota it's like I helped kind of grow a lot of this here when it came about and Bucks of America's America has actually been around since 2013 and so Bucks Nebraska, and then this came in in 2016, where I came in at the ground floor and and having this watch, this all grow and putting providing input in there and bringing on staffers and stuff like that. And it's just been a, a, a humbling experience because I didn't would have never thought where I was at in 2015 to where I'm at today. Because like I just knew I wanted to be in the archery industry. I'm just I'm gonna let God take me wherever it's gonna go because it's gonna be a creek.
1: <laughs> no, and, and I mean yeah, you talk about humility. I mean that's that was the word my brother brought up yesterday when we were talking to our shop guys, and I said it as well. I mean yeah, because um, we've got 32, 33 employees. And I mean, it's myself, my brother, and my dad on the cover of Inside Archery this week. Yes. But I I held that up, and I said, you know, we had originally planned to get uh, one of our content creators in to take all new images. We wanted to have that that group shot, you know, with everybody in it, uh, and that didn't happen. But, um, you know, every single person that has ever gotten a paycheck from HHA, whether they're still there or not, mm-hmm. contributes to that success. So, I mean, they're, they're on that cover, too, even though their faces aren't on there. And you know, we've got people that have worked for us. The guy with the beard longer than yours. Yes. Uh, has been with me for 30, 30 plus years. Wow, she was there at the foundation of everything. 88 he came on, so I mean, he was only four or five years in, so, um, you know, riding home on the bus when he was 13. I don't think the child labor folks were too happy about that, <laughs> but well, we, we, didn't, we didn't tell anybody about it, so. Yeah. Why well, those details detasseling early on in the 90s when i was a
0: teenager too so it's like that's that's i'd I'd rather do what he was doing than what i was doing in this degree heat here in a few more months in august because anybody that's experienced detasseling is not a fun thing but
1: that cash in hand is very nice yeah yeah no and i mean the the summer that that caliper release came out he and i pretty much lived in the basement of that house for from june until september when we had to go back to school so uh him and i have been been through a lot of wars together and he uh he does a great job running our production line for us and uh just a just a real blessing to have him and and countless other folks that uh that just step up and call hha home and they they have as much passion about it as we do and they're not they're not blood but they're they're still family
0: yeah exactly and you you mentioned you mentioned a heartwarming story about you normally do a company outing or a big meal or something like that and a gathering tell like let people know like how you Treat like how you give back to your
1: employees. Yeah, I mean we we typically every year we'll do a, a annual Christmas party where everybody brings their spouses and uh-huh. we'll we'll go out to a nice restaurant or one of the one of the local you know pub and grills and and have dinner and just every it's it's one of the few opportunities we have every year to get everybody together at once. Yes. Um. And we we typically you know December is a bad time with Christmas everybody's busy so we mm-hmm. typically do it you know late quarter one early quarter two once show season's over. Okay. And obviously with uh with the issues going on in this country. This year we weren't able to have that yes and so um i think it was a couple years ago uh brock hutchinson from big frig was kind enough to donate us a bunch of coolers all right um and uh this is actually a prototype tumbler one of the early ones it was a silver one but i i came up with the idea to start selling hha usa tumblers on our website which those should be up there in a couple of weeks those are that's all, really sharp with all the profits going to hha usa to our, our veterans organization
0: that is a fantastic thing i know like uh, i've been working with uh uh coding near and uh, about uh, coming up with a product that we want to contribute back to back hunter, country and anglers select because we we're, we're both big into that uh, that that uh, community and that's uh, then what they do to help fight the the uh the left and and the anti-hunters and what they do to help ne- negotiate different things with the senate and such and I, i'm just it's like i think it's a very powerful organization as well as as giving it back to veterans because I know we, we've donate we like Bucks of America or, or Cody's um, whole uh, thing he donates hundreds of thousand dollars a year to different um, uh, organizations he'll never tell you and, I mean we, we've talked about it once that's it and that's in the first podcast and then that's the last time we'll ever discuss it but he's a very generous man and he's very educational and it's like he knows how to take somebody that wants to do a drop shipping company and bring them into 2000 3000 4000 and it's like if something doesn't work it's like he's, he just it doesn't work fire it move on to something new and something like that. And it's like building a drop shipping company. That's what. That's where he makes his bread and butter from. So sure. but Now he's, he's humble enough. Now he's teaching everybody to do it.
1: Yeah, you got to love that. So, but yeah, we just, uh, we decided to, uh, you know, once we got those in, I said, well, let's give all the employees all one of those. And we, we gave them a $100 cash bonus to go out and take their families out for, for dinner because we weren't able to, you know, get together and actually gather and do that this year. But we just wanted to thank them. Because, I mean, like I said, we've been working six days a week, 10 hours a day ever since we got back uh, back with the doors open. So um, we wouldn't be able to do that without them. That's awesome. And what is one of your like distinct stories about customer service, like somebody, like a,
0: a story from the field from a customer that had something happen to it. Like, do you have a story to tell people like, this is what happened to this guy and this is how, like what we've learned from it. This is what we adapted and this is
1: what we did to help him out for keeping his loyalty. Yeah, I mean, we have uh, I've been out of the customer service realm for probably the better part of a decade. I, oh, still, I got gotcha. you. I, but, but I mean, I, I, I caught my teeth on that stuff. I was, you know, 16 years old handling angry customers on the phone. So, I mean, I did that for a lot of years and yes. did it on the dealer side as well. So, um, but we did have a gentleman. This is probably.
3: Hello, we're at the 2020 ATA show at uh, Veteran Innovative Products, uh, an all-American made and manufactured broadhead. So we've got a new one for 2020 called the Combat Veteran 4-Blade. As you can see, 4-Blades got a lot of the same high-quality materials we use with our original 2-Blade Veteran, but the Combat Veteran has a different deployment system. How it deploys is you just squeeze a little bit on your main blades, okay, those compress, and then the broadhead opens.
1: 15 years ago i think he was over on the western part of the state buffalo county area all right and his bow had bounced off of his atv and he ran over it oh wow not good no i I don't know what happened to the bow i think the bow had to get replaced as well but his his sight was crushed i think that might have even back when we were still making the plastic scopes and it wasn't aluminum okay Okay. and it was destroyed and it was like a brand new setup and the guy uh called you know with, with a not a sob story but it was just honest he said i ran over this with my with my ATV what do I have to do to get this replaced how much is it going to cost me okay and it cost him a phone call that's awesome
0: I, that's that's really rewarding to me because that's what sold me on the whole thing because like there in the Ro- Rochester Coyote Creek when I was talking to Rain and the manager there he was telling me that he recent story when I bought mine before I bought mine he was telling me like this is why I recommend it and it's like guy called had a damaged the scope within two days he had a new scope a new site and it's like it was, all it was is a phone call and then, then it's like that's what I'm hooked because like yeah. I'm a big, I'm a big, like, I work with uh, uh, veterans, so it's like I know that type of uh, uh, customer service
1: that you have to deliver to, to maintain that loyalty. Yeah, and, I mean, that's the cheapest advertising we can get because, I mean, back in the day when we first got started out, we didn't have a big promotional budget. So we were relying on word of mouth, yes. you know, whether it be consumers or dealers spreading the, the HHA word. But, I mean, the best advertising we had was that warranty. You know, mm-hmm. The fact that our products were made in America and we were easy to deal with. If, if you have a problem with an HHA product, pick up the phone, send an email. And, you know, we have a 24-hour return policy. So if a a site comes back today in the mail, granted, we're shut down for the holiday, but it'll be repaired and back out in the mail on Monday. That's fantastic. Let's let's talk
0: about this. This past fall, you had a very humbling experience with your 30 six.
1: Actually, my dad's 30, I six. I hadn't gun hunted for probably 10 years. Uh, Uh Uh-huh. And I I don't have anything against gun hunting, but I just, I love bow hunting. And, um, you know, once Wisconsin kind of relaxed the rules and let us bow hunt through the gun season, I just wore blaze orange and I bow hunted. Yeah. And so, um... 2018 I had a pretty nice buck on my farm we've got an 80 acre farm uh, north of Wisconsin Rapids and then I, I lease our neighbors 80 so I basically have access to 160 acres it's a nice rich farmland yes. got some decent deer on it okay and, um, had one encounter with that deer in 2018 and then um, never saw him again I think I saw him on Halloween and that was it and ironically I think I was my, my wife and I were at a concert and I had a picture of him in front of my redneck blind he was broadside at 20 yards it was on Veterans Day okay and i wasn't there (laughs) and it's like oh yeah that's the way that goes yeah it's hunting for you and uh but I'm the same way too. I, I don't like start
0: hunting until like close to Halloween, like when I get started getting colder. Cause like, if you look at me, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a bear. So it's like, I like being cold. I can handle being cold, being hot and sweaty. It's like, I get a little antsy.
1: Yeah. And I've got allergies. So, I mean, until we get a couple good hard frosts, I don't really like getting out in the tree yeah. too much myself. So I'm a October 15th to the 20th, 25th, depending yeah. on the year. Um, and so that's, that's when I started hunting this year. I'd have to look back, but I think it was the 22nd or 23rd of October. Um, My first night, first sit, I knew the buck was back. I had pictures of him on camera. Okay. And I think he might have been the first deer that I saw. He stepped out of my sanctuary about 80 yards away in my bean field, and I'm like... There he is. So what did you do to keep, like, did you, do you pay attention like to your
0: environment, your ecosystem, like, and how you managed to keep him on your property from year to year? Or
1: do you just kind of just like let it let nature take its course? Um, I went in and uh, I'm not a chainsaw guy. I'm, I'm the guy that doesn't know how to run the saw, but I'll pick up the brush. Okay. So I had, I had a few, a uh, couple of my employees and a couple of their family members came out and did some hinge cutting for me. Probably, it's probably been close to 10 years ago now. All right. Um, and then I also worked pretty closely with a good friend of mine, Jeff Helmers, who's actually oh, you Yes, uh, I talk to Jeff all the time. He's a great, he, he's a, He's a humble man.
0: It's like you know, like, do you see how bad he messed up his shoulder? I did. Oh, that poor guy, but it's yeah. like and now he's he's going to be a grandpa or, yep. or yeah, cuz he got uh, Katie. Uh, Katie. Yes, she's got a baby on the way too. It's like yeah, I'm, I'm yep. like my wife introduced me to Katie and then I met through Katie through him. So
1: we've been trying to set up to do a podcast, but that man is busy with he everything. Is, he just texted me a couple nights ago saying, "Hey, cuz I tried to call him and I missed him." I mean, he's he's in the seed business and he does uh, land management. Yes, he does. And he actually has people come right on his place in Holman. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, uh, it's Big Rack. Uh, Big Rack Outdoors. Big Rack Outdoors, but he does a tr- uh, Whitetail Academy.
0: Yes, he, he does. It. Yeah, two. I think it's a two-day uh, thing where he, we come in and you, you pay for everything. But it, like when you see his Hall of Fame of all the BNCs that he has on his wall, Unbelievable. it's like, this guy is just fantastic. And like when I talked to him last year, he knew exactly when he was going to set out there, sat, shot
1: it, and done. Well, and Katie, the same way. I mean, that girl, she's Katie's got to be in her mid to late 20s by now, but I I think there was a stretch there of like five years where she had hunted literally like eight times and, and put a Pope and Young on the wall five years in a row. Oh yeah. She's, she's going 14 for, or
0: like 15 for 15 right now for putting, getting a deer, harvesting an animal. But it's like, yeah, but she's yeah. It's like having that, that wealth of knowledge sitting right next to the tree stand. They still sit together and stuff like that. It's, it's just, awesome. It's, it's, it's a fun father. That's like, I, that's what I want to achieve with my daughter. So, but it's like, I'm not going to force on her. I'm just hoping that she gravitates towards it and just dives into as much as I have.
1: Yeah. And all on 40 acres. He's got 42, 43 acres yep. there. I mean, it's not like he's got thousands of, of acres of land that he's managing. He's literally doing it on a 40 yeah he completely changed my whole point of view it's like when i did this when i
0: started this podcast i want to go out west go hunting out there and stuff like that and it's like you know if you put more time in just a simple 40 acres you're going to have more fun than if you spent all thousands of dollars traveling out west and it's I like it. and it's like well, that was a conversation we had in the current, current kitchen right now at like eight o'clock at night
1: and it's like you know that's a valid point point. and so now like my wife and i are looking at property i'm the same way i mean i traveled enough for our business in the last 20 years that i i mean people think oh you own an archery company you probably have a trophy room the size of a gymnasium and a like no i don't because i just i'm I'm a homebody when it comes to fall i mean i've got a beautiful farm 15 minutes from my bed if the weather's nice yeah hunting if it's not i go to work so um but jeff was really instrumental in kind of helping me shift my hunting strategies because i mean up until he and i started really talking about how he manages his land they they hunt out of elevated box blinds they don't hunt out of tree stands and so pre that conversation with him if there was 15 of me you could probably connect the dots and see all the ladder stands that i had in my 80 i mean i I just had ladders all over the the place, yes, and and I finally decided, you know what? I, I had met uh, Danny Little and the guys from Redneck. Okay, and I'm like, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna do a Jeff Helmers here and just see what happens because up until that point, I hadn't taken really a good good buck with my bowl. Okay, and uh, so I started doing that about five years ago. I got rid of all my ladders. And I now have four four redneck blinds on 80 acres. Nice. And in 2017, I killed my best buck to date. At that point, with my bow, it was a three and a half year old uh, eight point. I mean, it was a borderline Pope and young buck, but I mean, it's still it was a beautiful buck, man. I'm stoked. Yeah. And, and I mean, had I been hunting the old way, I probably wouldn't have gotten that deer. Okay. And then fast forward to last year. Like I said, I had that encounter with that. It was it was a ten point uh, as a three year old, and then. Uh, Actually, he had, he had a little bit of junk on him, and I think he lost that. He okay. had about 13 or 14 scorable points as, as a 3-year-old, and he just lost those, and he turned into a clean 10 last year. Okay. Um, had six encounters with that deer last fall. Okay. Um, anywhere from 150 to, I think, 50 yards was the closest I had him one night because I'm hunting on a bean field, and it's just, I, I couldn't close the deal on him. Yeah. And so, um, kind of a cool part of this story is and I you know I, like I said I don't start hunting until the end of October I had 21 sits in mm-hmm. and I had seen that deer six times in 21 sits but I just couldn't couldn't get him in, di- in shooting range alright and so the 22nd of November was a Friday it was the last day of archery season yes and it was my 22nd sit how so funny oh you're thinking about veterans B20SD the, 20, PTSD, the 22, 22 day and I yeah. told my wife I said I'm going to kill that deer tonight it's just this is, this is going to happen and I didn't see him it's like okay I guess there's another god's got another plan to this story i don't know what it's going to look like but yeah. we'll see and so um like i said earlier i hadn't rifle hunted for 10 plus years and i haven't i haven't put enough big deer on the wall at this point in my life to be picky about what kind of weapon i'm shooting him with anymore fair enough so um my dad had had an old 30-06 i had killed a deer with it probably 10 12 years ago and i'm like you know what you know he had just passed away in july okay and i thought I'm going to take the gun out because if that buck steps out tonight at 125 yards, he's going down. And five minutes before closing, he came out of the the bedding area over to my neighbor's land and... The rest is history. Yeah. And he's at the taxidermist right now. I should have him back any day. So 153 inches is the best buck that I've taken to date. That's fantastic. And and I would rather, I've never shot a booner, but I would much rather shoot a 153-inch deer in central Wisconsin than, than go on a $5,000 whitetail hunt to Iowa, to Illinois, to Kansas, and shoot yes. a 180. It, it was just that much more gratifying because of the story that I just told. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. And it's like, what what is one of your most... Uh,
0: humble or funny hunting stories with your dad? Since this is the anniversary and we're paying homage this is kind of like in honor of him because like, this is just kind of where
1: it's at. It's like he would never guess where you're at today. Right. Um, the, the picture that's on the cover of Inside Archery, it's a picture of him with a... He didn't kill a lot of big deer in his day. The biggest buck that he got was a three-year-old 11-point buck over in Buffalo County. Okay. 1989. So I had have been 14 years old. Alright. And um, that picture's on the cover. I also I went and bought a, a dollar luggage tag from Walmart that ironically the back side of it is HHA Green I'm like oh this is cool this is interesting so yeah. I got that picture and it, uh-huh. it's, it, it's on my quiver on my hip quiver so I take my dad with me to every archery shoot oh that's awesome that's fantastic and um, I'll never forget that that's probably I mean killing that buck was cool because um, the our neighbors our hams the, the farm that we're part of was originally like three or four hundred acres from the late 1800s our family okay. owned that land so so my cousin actually heard me shoot and came over and helped me recover that deer which was pretty cool so there was, there was hams there even though my brother wasn't there my dad wasn't there um, uh-huh. but but getting back to the Buffalo County story um, he had had just a, a terrible season for seeing deer and I mean he had a lot of people didn't know this about my dad but he was born in 1937 okay so he had polio as a kid he was right uh-huh. at the back end of the polio all right vaccines. all right and so he was struck with polio so from the time he was four years old he had a brace on his leg okay he was never able to run he was never able to swim ride a bike play sports and and a lot of people kind of rode him off they're like oh that's the guy with the limp he's never going to make anything of himself so that he kind of lived his life with the chip on his shoulder until he became successful in the yes. archery world and so when we would hunt he actually would want to walk the furthest okay go to the furthest spot and uh, he probably had a Four or five hundred yard walk from the truck, Okay. where he was hunting in Buffalo County. But then, you know, it's obviously hilly over there. All right, he couldn't navigate the hills too much, so we just put him, you know, a fifteen yard bow shot off the edge of a bean field. Okay, and he had sat. It was crazy. I mean, 36, 37 times that year, and he had seen like nine deer. Okay, no luck at all. And uh, I'll never forget this. We uh, we had hunted. I think the the weekend before that, my brother got a pretty nice buck, and I mean, that was before QDM really got big. Okay, uh, but it was it was a solid and a half year old deer you probably would obviously I shouldn't say obviously I mean any buck is a trophy but I mean um, it it might be a deer that you would pass on now but up until that point it was one of the nicest bucks that the hams had shot okay and so we were still riding the high from that the weekend before and then um, but we're like man it'd really be nice if dad would would get a crack at something yes and uh, I I don't remember what day of the week it was it was probably a weekend so it was either a Saturday morning or a Sunday morning but um, we had had about four inches of fresh snow in, in this bean field. Okay. And, um, this buck right in the middle of the rut nose on the ground came right from the truck and dad ended up shoots it but he hits it too far back hits it the femoral artery okay and the thing ran up over the hill and he didn't know if it expired or if it was running into the next county okay so he waits for my brother and i to come and get him and it was just like somebody running through the beans with the spray paint can i mean it was it was blood everywhere i gotcha and uh and, and we get to the crest of the hill and boom there's the there's the deer so i mean that that will all regardless of any kind of success that i have in the woods that is always going to be my most memorable hunting story uh-huh. awesome. it was me and my dad and my brother it was just it was awesome that is excellent and of course you probably helped them bring it back on out of there yeah and it was nice you know because I'm only 13 14 years old at the time so that yeah it, 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 it slid pretty well on the snow so <laughs> yeah it, may, it makes a world of difference
0: uh, I don't have any sh- stories like deer hunting with my father he was more of a game bird he liked pheasant hunting so there's a lot of times we've taken our guns out for walks and never shot anything but it was just having that right there And it's like I still remember Several times in in northern Iowa hunting in the 90s for birds, because back then it's like uh, hunting for pheasants was fantastic during that time frame. And so we'd always we'd always him and I would always tend to uh, hit our limit, but it's like that was our bonding moment. But I still remember it's like uh, he she, what, what sticks out the biggest. My favorite memory is where we were driving just just like like five minutes from the house he he bought with his ex my my mom at the time. So it's like it was re- kind of like bittersweet for him. But we I saw this rabbit and I didn't think I was going to be able to Hit it because it's like I was still fairly new behind the the 410, so I the handed it to him and he shot it and we watched that rabbit do a complete 360 and take off. We searched for about an hour, we could not find that rabbit anywhere. And it's like it was perfect timing because this thing, which from there we just drove, dropped me off. Now is the end of it, but it's still one of my uh, favorite memories of that being next to me. He, not, luckily for me, he's still alive. I made a big point over, since he retired here a few years ago, just spending a lot of time with him. And it's like Father's Day weekend. It's like it seems like our, our If it's not raining, we're out. Fishing. but it's like we fish two three times or two three times uh, uh over the summer and then the, when the fall hits like September and October that's when we really get together and then when it gets too cold like well dad it's, it's time for me to move into the tree stand here because now it's like it was my turn but uh we do a, an annual trip in the spring and the fall we go to Okaboji, and it's just it's a fantastic time because it's like we it's it's like if we don't catch anything it's going to be a, a bunch of stories a bunch of um shit talking but these guys have been doing it for almost 20 years like getting 15, 16 guys consistently these two weekends every year doing that in the, in the in the spring and the fall, and it's just the fall is far more fun because we, we drink a lot more alcohol, we fish, we catch a lot more fish. Yeah, or at least you think you do, right? Oh man, we did bottle, last bottle year. Bottle bass don't count. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's it's I get that. It's, I love that feeling. How about you, Brian? Do you have any heartwarming stories with your dad or anything that you oh, can I, relate uh, to your? Uh,
2: yeah, I mean, I remember. Uh, I mean little little and uh, my dad would take me deer hunting or I'd be able to you know just go with them yes Uh, really it's we grew up or i grew up coon hunting we had we had coon dogs uh when i was small okay and uh you know the stories are you know i was born in march and that fall my my mom was carrying me around the woods chasing after uh the coons in the fall at night so that's fantastic Uh,
0: coon hunting is is a dying uh pastime to be honest but boys like back then it's like there was money for that pelt but now it's like i wish there would be some way
2: to resurge that because there's a lot of disease that gets spread around from farm to farm to farm. Really the big reason why we got out of it was one our dogs were just dying off but then also the the bigger farms were being sold off and yeah. and smaller chunks and you'd have uh, a chunk here that you wouldn't be able to go on or that wouldn't yeah. allow hunting and so it just got hard to uh, to have areas that we could let the dogs run and go after them so okay so I remember that when you know I was doing that before I was you know, 12 years age, 12 years of age, just okay. walking around, shining the lights around and stuff like that. But then also, bow hunting or, or you know, a lot of times they, uh, my dad, and my brothers would be out bow hunting, and I'd be walking through the woods with a 410, you know, looking for squirrels and rabbits when I probably shouldn't have been. But but they were <laughs> generous enough to allow me to do that. So. You never know that could that could, could go to your benefit. There's been there's been a few times where I've shot does
0: because uh, I would get out there and uh, this was down in south southeastern Minnesota, and I'll be out there hunting. With my bow, but all of a sudden I'd see a couple of my friends coming walking around the edge line there because they're out with their with their kids hunting squirrels. Like it's like it's like because of you, these guys, I right. shot this doe and I'm sitting there um, cleaning it all up from two miles back because we had a hunt on a 1,200 uh, uh, acre land there over by Chatfield, Minnesota. And it's like it's it's like it was,
2: it was just it was funny. It was like thank you for making right. like being able to fill that doe tag. Right. I don't think that they they probably weren't bothered too much by it because yeah. because I think they were using me as a dog to. It drives security. <laughs> yeah. so.
0: I think that it was, was their way around. I think that's a fantastic
1: strategy sure. for it. Now. Um, So, so I just want to circle back around to the uh, the the gun connection with my dad, and I like I said, I'm not I'm not a huge gun hunter, but I got back into it last year just because yeah. I wanted that deer and, and was able to harvest him. But um, oh. 1989, 90, 91, sometime around that same time frame, uh, Buffalo County was shotgun only. Okay. And there's a picture of my dad, and we tried to find it for uh, before the funeral. I can't lay my hands on it. I've got it. I've got to find it. But he had scoped himself. Oh. Like, you know, Mike Tyson worked him over. I mean, okay. just, just a nasty nasty yeah. gash between his eyes and he's sitting there with this big grin on his face pointing at it and, well fast forward to last fall um i i was i was pretty relaxed when that deer came out i think okay. was the fact that i'd seen him six times okay and, and i was you know i had a shooting rest on the on the window of my blind and so I, w- I was almost too relaxed and i wasn't really hanging on to the gun and when right. i shot I, I didn't even think anything of it i mean the Obviously, shooting a gun inside of a blind, your ears are kind of ringing. So I felt a little, yeah. little dazed yeah. at first, and you know, the, all of a sudden I look and it was, you know, it was close to closing time. So I, the deer was gone, but yet there was like three or four does still standing. And I'm like, "Crap, did I miss him?" Okay, what's going on? You know. And so, anyway, fast forward to me getting my cousins to come over, and it, it took us a little bit to get on the blood because it was dark. Yes. And uh, we, we finally recovered the deer after about 20 minutes. And my cousin, you know, was taking pictures of me with his phone. He's like, "Hang on, I think you're, I think you're bleeding." And I'm like, what are, you, what are you talking about? Okay. And he's like, let me look at your forehead. And I did the exact same thing. <laughs> I, 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 got a, I got a scope kiss. I mean, you tell me yeah. that, that wasn't meant to be. I mean, you talked about oh. an awesome story. So I've, uh, and unfortunately, uh, you know, I took the buck over to my brother's house that night. We caped it out. And uh, I don't have a lot of good success photos of it. I've got a few on my, on my phone, but I'll, I'll have to send them to you guys. Yeah. You can clearly see the, I think I still have a very small scar there. Okay. Um, but just to, what a, what a cool way to, to cap a, a cool hunt. And especially the year that my dad passed away with with that gun which ironically came from and i don't know if i shared this with the guys on the podcast the other night but we called it the uh, the bad debts gun did i did i yes i that? did hear that yes and it long story short it was a it was a dealer that was going out of business that didn't have cash to pay us but our sales rep went in and and basically said hey we'll we'll take a gun and trade so that's where the where the gun came from so it's always going to hold a special place in my heart and yes it uh I didn't even think about gun hunting until the week leading up to the season. If I don't get this deer with a bow, I'm going to take him with a gun, so my brother went out and helped me get it sighted in, but it had an old Tasco pronghorn scope on it. All right. Nothing against Tasco, but... Uh, you know we're Wisconsin guys. I like vortex, yes, so I just yes. I just dropped it off at uh, Bullseye Sports up in Marshfield on Monday, okay. and and uh, should be picking it up here in a couple of weeks. So I'm gonna have a have a brand new scope on the Bad debts gun, and hopefully I can put it to use again this fall. So. Awesome. What scope did you go with? Ah, uh,
0: crossfire. Ah, uh, see, I, I went the to crossfire too. It's just it's just it's a the eye relief is so nice, especially like we're we don't we don't have young eyes anymore. So it's like having that eye relief is so worth the Speak money. Free. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh. but it, it is. It is, it is nice to have like that. The that crossfire is such a solid uh, scope on it too. Like I have a 30-06 too, a Savage, and it's like I had to get I had to get a um a added stock to it because it's like my arms are so long and it's just, it's very it's very short. So it's like it's I, I love
1: shooting my my 30-06. It's just, it's just a solid firearm. It's cool, and I mean I didn't uh, I didn't take a deer with my bow last year just because I was after this buck and I wasn't really game for shooting any does and and worrying about yes. blowing him out of there. So I, I I really enjoyed the whole gun hunting aspect and my and I like venison so it's like Oh, we got some dough tags. So I actually went out the Thursday and the Sunday of uh, our doe season and, okay, and have a have a freezer full of venison now. So for, for a guy that didn't like gun hunting for a long time, I'm going to be out there again this uh, this Saturday, uh, opening Saturday of uh, Wisconsin
0: season again. So that is that is fun. It's like it, there's nothing more efficient than shooting with a gun because that's why you know it's
1: like you're going to hit it, you're going to drop, and you'll take care of it. Well, and as, uh, as a landowner, you know, right now I've got 80 acres. Pretty soon I'm going yeah. to have 160. I'm the only guy that hunts it. Oh, wow. So, I mean, so I mean to be a good conservationist... I I I need to take... (laughs) A couple of those off, of that, at least, just, yes. just to manage the herd a little bit.
0: So. Yeah, because I know that with with uh, quality, it's like they recommend having two to one ratio, or one to one ratio from what I've heard, and so That would be a fun podcast, but you, me, and Jeff Helmers together, because I've been trying to get
1: him on a podcast oh, for a well, long time. Uh, Jeff, I love you to death. If you listen to this, but uh, as you know, you can't shut him up. So, so <laughs> have to, we'd have to maybe make that a series, two or three part series, right?
0: Yeah, because it's like every time I call him up, it's it's always a fun conversation because he's always bring, it's like it's everything he speaks has always has some type of a value behind it. Absolutely. No, he's a good good dude. So. so, Brian over here has been quite quiet for the last hour. So, we... Th- this uh, is my kind of podcast to be on because I'm not a big talker. So, I'm i That is very true. Listening. But he does do a great job when he's a director and he has to hone everybody in, giving instructions and stuff. Now, you've had a rough spring because it's like we sh- should have had multiple events for, for BMAC, for Beastman Archery. So, what have you done to kind of off- offset the
2: situation we've got yeah, with the nasty no. C-word? It- it's been uh, it's been real rough. I mean, we back in March we had to cancel. Uh, we ended up canceling two indoor events yep. and two outdoor events. We have uh, the first outdoor event is rescheduled for two weeks, which is July 18th. Yes, uh, that's if the uh, People's Republic of Dane County doesn't shut us down. But we're hoping that uh, we fingers crossed, because I know uh, uh, Nate has had some issues with that count with the, with the yeah the, uh, Dane County, which is for those of you that aren't familiar, that's where Madison is is. So it's, uh, you know, we've had a little bit of an outbreak and stuff, or at least they say there is. Um, And um, so, yeah, we're we're just trying to work, work around that and making sure that we are keeping everybody safe, but still provide an opportunity for people to come out and have fun and and shoot some bows and arrows and run around. So, so with that said, the, this event, which is called the BMAC Games, I've kind of restructured it so that there's as little cross-contamination as possible. Okay. So originally I, I had in mind of a, of a hoist uh, challenge where you're, you're basically hoisting up uh, a sandbag to, to replicate meat that you that may be uh, lifting up in a tree if you're elk hunting. Yes. Or that deer that you're hanging up in a tree. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's some challenges like that that I've eliminated so okay. people aren't touching the same stuff and being in close proximity. So Fair enough. So we, we, we're doing as much as we can to, uh, again, uh, eliminate the cross-contamination but still keep the integrity of the event to, uh, to make it challenging and, and and fun so so you know, what know um, cuz every podcast
0: you've been on it's like it's a, it's it's a, my number spike but uh what's you you are, are you just kind of kind of what should uh, the uh, comp- competitors
2: expect for this yeah. time around. So the B Games, we're going to start out uh, right away in the morning with approximately a four mile uh, challenge course. Uh, you, you extended uh, it to four miles I this year. To you four miles. A uh, yeah. You're a devil. I am. You're a devil because like I walked it last year and that was no
0: joke. That so, was that was two so miles shorter. It's four
2: miles with uh, just over a <laughs> thousand foot of elevation.
1: Okay. Which, go ahead, Chris. I'm a tree stand hunter, so I'll just come and take pictures. <laughs> <laughs> you
2: know, I, I I hear that a lot, but I tell you what with with the events and the classes that i do and stuff it, it, it gets like-minded people just like this event here it gets like-minded people together i mean we all have a passion for, for bow and arrows yes and w- whatever style of hunting you do there's a place at these events for you because even if you're just a tree stand hunter i mean you got to sit there if you're hunting during the rut you got to sit there all day you got to endure the elements the better shape and the more healthy you are the more likely are to stay all day you know you're, maybe your back isn't gonna get you sore or, mm-hmm. or, or maybe it won't get as cold you, you can manage your heat and the warmth and stuff or the cold yes uh, so there's you know there there's a place for, for everybody there we have I have a guy signed up I have two guys signed up that are almost in their 70s that are coming to this next event uh, is Fred making a making a trip up here from I mean, Illinois hoping to, he's hoping to make it so and then, Fred uh, and, and Gary who uh, Gary is, has I believe he broke his back uh, several times he's broken his ankles I mean he He's he's been he's a tough dude. Yes, uh, and he's gonna make it. Uh, Is or,
0: that didn't uh, John go with with Gary for his elk
2: hunt? Uh,
0: oh, West last. That G- was Jerry. Jerry. Okay. Yep. D-
2: different different guy. Jerry. Gary. Uh, uh-huh. So yeah, I mean, there's just because it's an athletic event with a bow and arrow doesn't okay. mean that it's just for the elite uh, fitness guys. So yeah, um, but yeah, so so for the BMAC games, uh, we'll start with a four mile course. All right. Uh, there's no box work, no bag work like we had at train the hunt last year. Uh-huh just uh, to, to remove the, the, the multiple people touching the bags. So I get it exactly so uh, when people head out on the course they're not going to be pre-fatigued and, and worn out okay uh, and it's right away in the morning so it's, uh, it's yeah. 9 o'clock I might bump it up to 8 o'clock yeah because it's going to be hot in July so I'm not, I'm to be surprised to bump right. it up to 7 a.m. right, right. so we might do that uh, so once they finish that uh, we're going to do a 20 target 3D course okay and of course uh, for those that, that know BMAC or, or train to hunt? No, it's not just your traditional train or your traditional 3D course. No, we have uh, time shots. You, we have shots where you have to make a follow-up shot within uh, 10 or 12 seconds. Yes. Uh, kneeling shots, shots where you maybe draw, standing, kneel and shoot. Yeah. Uh, maybe you draw behind a tree, and you have to move uh, to acquire your target. We really try to to mimic uh, real life situations mm-hmm. and scenarios that, get it. that you're going to encounter. So. So that's the second stage. The third stage is the sled drag and meat pack. So we're combining the whitetail and elk hunter, per se. Yes. Uh, So it's going to start with a sled drag, uh, depending on... What category you're signed up is going to be anywhere from sixty to eighty pounds. All right, uh, and I'm not for sure the length. It's probably going to be at least a few hundred yards. You're going to have to drag that sled. Okay, and then you're going to transfer that meat or sandbag in this case to your backpack. Okay, and then we're going to take off on a probably a approximately a mile long meat pack that's going to go up and down the, the ski hill
0: there. Ski hill. My my first thing that popped in my mind. People are going to hate me for this because I think this is a little devilish. But you you do it as a two man team. Is like one person takes it up there while well, well, then you would you would increase the weight while well, one person is trying to help them out and then the then you have to go back down it right with the with the meat with the weight in front of you and you have to walk your way down it because it's like I've seen some stuff on uh, Life Below Zero where it's like the guys had to accommodate the up and down hills something like that to, to so this way they're not going to injure themselves or this way if something goes gets go, uh, gets loose or gets goes
2: goes wrong all that all that all that meat all the weight's going to go the different direction you are right exactly and you know as uh, these events. Grow and we get more people signed up right now it's just an individual thing okay uh, but uh, hopefully as next year and, and things start to straighten out uh, with uh, with everything that's going on in this country yes. hopefully we will get more people to come out and participate and we'll be able to have team events and team competitions and stuff so uh, the so that's the third leg okay and in the way that basically how we determine a winner is we take your cumulative time for the for the four mile challenge course and the meat pack all right uh, and then and depending on how you shoot, you get a bonus or a, d- or a deduction. Mm-hmm. So like your traditional 3D shoots, it's usually 12, 10, 8, 5 right. you know, for the center of the heart, heart, lung, body. True. Uh, for my events, it's more, you, th- there's a point acquired, but it's also a time. Mm-hmm. So if you shoot a lung, in real world, that's a kill shot, yes. we don't penalize you for that. If you shoot a heart. Great. Now you probably shot a heart and a double lung. It's going to go down quicker. So you get a time bonus. So you get time taken off of your uh, run time. But now if you shoot a body, okay, you're going to get a a bigger time penalty than if you missed. Because if you shot a body and wounded that animal and, and... in real world scenarios, you're going to, that might, if you're out elk hunting, that's yeah. going to blow a day or two days looking possibly yep. for that animal. Yep. Whereas if you know it's a clean miss, you're like, all right, no, my bad, we can continue on hunting. So, yes. So even the same thing with whitetail hunting. So, okay. So there'll be, I forget, I can't think off the top of my head, but if, if you get a body, it might be, a, you might get two minutes added on to your time. That's a pretty steep charge. Uh, if you if you miss it, maybe it's only a minute and a half. I, okay. I forget the exact details, but it's, you, you get the point there. Yeah, I get it. I get it 100%. Burpees? <laughs> uh, you know what? There, there's, I, I took the burpees out just because we have to have a volunteer at some of that stuff to okay. see if, if they hit it, if they didn't. So there's no burpee penalties this year because okay. I'm trying to eliminate as many volunteers that I need. I get it. Again, because of everything that's going on. So yes. So we have three divisions for for this event. We have the elite uh, men and women, the elite beasts is what we call them. Okay. Uh, they'll be carrying 35 pounds on the four-mile course uh-huh. and 80 pounds for meat pack. Okay. And in the competitive beasts, uh, they will be carrying uh, 25 pounds and 60 pounds. Okay. Uh, That's for the men. For the women, I believe it's 25 pounds for the elite and 15 for the competitive. All right. And on the meat pack, uh, the elite women will be carrying 60 pounds and the competitive beasts, I believe it's 40 or 30 pounds. Okay. Uh, And then how this all ties in with HHA is that I have a division. Uh, that's just called the Beast Division. Okay. Uh, And it's for anybody that can come out uh, and you choose whatever weight you want. If, even if you don't want any weight, that's fine. Because it's for, for men and women and, and boys and girls that maybe have a knee issue or a back issue and they want to participate, but they can't do it at the level of these other categories or they can't carry as much weight. Or, mm-hmm. or maybe it's somebody that just hasn't had time to train. Yeah. So there's that division uh, that then half of the registration fees from that
1: division will go right back to HHA USA. Very cool, which is awesome. I mean, I'm just, I'm, I'm humbled by the fact that you wanted to partner with us. I think that's great, and um, you know, we talked about teasers a little bit when I was talking about new product. But I think sometime on the horizon, once this whole mess in our country gets behind us, I, I can foresee a beast mode HHA USA co-branded event sometime down the line. I think would be awesome.
2: Yeah, I, that that's a, an awesome idea, and I look forward to our two brains coming together to collaborate and figure out how we can make that work. And, and oh yeah, and and bring people together that again that maybe are just in the archery, but then we have people that are more fitness fanatics that are yeah. in archery, and it just brings all these people with different backgrounds but have archery in you know, in common. Yes. And it just, then we can grow together and grow the sport more.
0: That's what I was thinking too. Cause like my first thought of like Iowa decor, cause it's a, up and down downhill. She got expedition archery right there too as well. Then you got Minnesota. You can go all the way up. Like, let's say you go north of the cities up towards Bemidji or something like that. Well, I have a friend up there. His name's, uh, um, um, Rob Cook, he does uh, cook deer Tractants up there, and so I've been successful with that whole thing up there. But there's like we, we can we can put people in different areas, and then we just kind of see if they can maybe figure out who would be able to be a good fit that we could do a few Zoom challenges or Zoom Zoom conversations to see how we can make save time and energy, to
2: see how we can get an, an event established there, and maybe work with other surrounding vendors. Right. Uh, and then so we have that shoot coming up in July, and then in August uh, we have the the BMAC uh, King of the Hill. And and both of these events are at Tyrell Basin, uh, just outside of Mount Horb. Uh, and that's going to be a 40-target 3D course. Okay. And again, I'll have e- every target, there'll be a different scenario of how you're going to shoot that target. Mm-hmm. It's just for fun. There's no competition for that aspect of, of the event. That's going to be the Sunday side of it, right? That's going to be both days. Both Saturday days. Okay. Uh So you can, shoot, you can shoot one day or both days. All right. Um, uh, there will be a competition part that you can elect to sign up for. All right. And it'll be a six target, uh, basically a, a short course where you're traversing from target to target, uh, shooting them as quickly as you can and finishing, you know, the course. So it might take somebody maybe three to five minutes to do the whole event. Okay. Uh, and one of our sponsors, Kirsch Hunting, Kirsch Targets is going to help uh, help us out with that. And That's some, awesome. Some of his really awesome, cool uh, targets there for that. So. And what are, what are the other uh, contributors or sponsors that are going to help uh, help you with advertising and some yeah. of that? For the, for the next couple of ones uh, well, give them a shout out yeah also we have HHA sports uh, we have uh, initial ascent backpacks which is made in America in Idaho um, we have wilderness athlete which is uh, supplements and, yes. and, and for hydration and, and protein and stuff uh, we have dark timber coffee company which is uh, another western uh, company uh, boy putting me on the spot here we have, uh, of course, we have Vortex Optics, yes. right here in Wisconsin, a mm-hmm. company. We have DSG uh, Hunting, which is another Wisconsin-based yes. company. Oh, Dana, yeah, that do uh, uh, clothing for uh,
0: for women. Yes. Then a the, the, the little side note from them: they they started their their jump into the industry by making custom women stuff for snowmobiling equipment yes. gear, and that's how they got where they're at today. It's just fantastic. My my wife's been eyeing a this fantastic setup because she wants a new a new. Uh, uh, new... Late season
2: garb so It was like, well, I know what I'm getting for Christmas yeah, for There you go. <laughs> uh, we have a trophy line tree saddles. Okay. Which I'm super stoked to, to be back in a tree saddle this year for whitetail hunting. It's just uh, for for public land mobile hunting. It's just a fantastic
0: idea. I've seen yeah. people get up in an, out of a chair, especially Deer Vane uh, Anthony. He does a great job of uh, his uh, YouTube and and uh, Instagram, like breaking that down and how to get people in and out of trees really rapidly. But now. Luckily, it's it's going to be part of the giveaway, but those
2: they're not cheap. Those saddles are not cheap. No, uh, I think we have a, a complete setup, and they're valued, uh, you know, three to four hundred dollars. Yeah, there, they're, so. they're 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 they are definitely an investment. Yep. And then uh, Vector Custom Shop arrows, which is again another way. most of these companies are Wisconsin based. Yes. So how awesome! I mean, you can literally I think you can if you're getting into hunting, you can be decked out for hunting with everything you need. Mm-hmm. From companies that are made right here in Wisconsin. So that so is Vector awesome. Custom some shop arrows they're out of Wisconsin That's a new arrow company uh, I'm shooting their arrows and they are they're awesome awesome arrows yeah. so. I
0: think should, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about uh, uh, Kick-Ass Beef Jerky they're based out of Winona he's been doing some awesome stuff on TikTok but I think I want, I want to reach out to him and see if he can be a contributor and then you got Cam right there in Caledonia Minnesota which is just well that's right in my neck of the woods right.
2: and then uh, Lacrosse uh, Archery oh yes Anthony Schmidt he's helping out and and, uh, and helping us with some stuff so uh, Anthony's a great guy so if you're looking uh, you know to, to get a new Matthews bow or or, or HHA sites or anything. He's, yes. He's got a it's a one stop shop. And, shop and yes. And their job. staff is highly knowledgeable
0: because they, they they they've taken care of a lot of stuff for me and they even they even helped nail down my my specific draw length too. And I didn't I didn't no idea it was twenty and three quarters and it's like every time I line up it's like I'm in sync. Right. All the muscles and the bones and joints. It's like it's
2: when you when you have the clarity it's like this is it. This was it. Yep. And then uh, I, the last one I can think of, I'm sure I'm missing somebody, uh, but Philip Kirsch with Kirsch hunting targets. Okay. Uh, and again, he's out of Wisconsin here too, so he's got some great targets. i would use them for my events. I uh, have his block targets that literally have thousands upon thousands of, of, of arrows in them and they're getting shot up, but yeah. I'm if it's just you shooting it, I mean, it will, it will last you years. Yeah. So That's
0: fantastic. I'm really excited for this event. I'm, I'm 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 going to be there again because like last year I recorded three four podcasts out there for that for during the event and for people that completed it's it's tough because a lot of them are exhausted from the the heat and such so but I'm going to be out there again so hopefully Dane County will permit it so that's this year I'm going to be getting a hotel room and I sleep in the back of my truck (laughs) (laughs) but it was definitely
2: an experience though because it was nice though it was great and we're going to be at a different location at Tyro Basin so Nathan has done a lot of a lot of cool stuff out there he's built a new building and uh, created a new tubing hill so uh base camp is in a totally different area okay uh we're utilizing this whole property where last year is just basically the hillside of yes it. uh so that's how i'm able to get uh, a four plus mile course makes sense and uh, just able to utilize so much more stuff there so that is
0: awesome and then uh let's see here and Nate, uh, yeah because i know nate's been putting a lot did he ever
2: install the frisbee golf Yes, so he did. He's got frisbee. He's got an awesome frisbee golf course there. I don't. I've not used it, but people said it's the best one that they've. they've been, because of the topography that they have there. Yeah. Uh, he's added on a, a huge new deck around the the barn. The, okay. The restaurant and tavern. Yes. Uh He's got a new patio with a couple of new fireplaces. So he's doing in the year and a half, two years that he's owned that place. He's done. He's really turned Put a lot of energy into. it. I know that's what I was excited
0: about hearing because I know when we we sat down last uh, May, when I first met you guys, that's what we were finding out what was going to go on. So I'm pretty excited about that. Are you going to be able to make it out there, Chris? What
1: when is the uh, August event? August is uh, August twenty second and twenty third, I believe. And that's actually the last shoot of ours. Yeah, right. Right down in East of Stevens Point. So, oh, okay. But so unfortunately that's fortunately not. So, what about your, like the one here in a couple weeks? You gonna be able to? See. Yeah. I I can't commit a hundred percent to that. That's my mom's birthday. She oh, turns yeah. uh, seventy. You, you don't, don't want to miss, miss, miss that. Year? Yep. Can't miss first that first one. Birthday without dad. So I'm thinking I'm probably. Gonna <laughs> yeah, just, you're gonna be there. And plus, that's the uh, your first free weekend after uh, several weeks. Pretty which, much. Yeah, three um, weekends that are. So yeah, that's that's down weekend. So birthday cake and uh, putting my feet up. I think that weekend. So. That sounds
0: like a well, good you know, idea. You,
2: you could do this for for your mom because we do something on our workouts. When it's your birthday, you have to do a burpee for every year that you are. <laughs> so how old was she? Mm-hmm. Seventy eight. Seventy eight burpees on her birthday. Then like, <laughs> who, who invited this guy? <laughs> 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 oh. That's funny.
0: So we've we've covered a lot of good information here, Brian. Is there anything else you want to make sure the, the the
2: listeners are aware of before they get out there no i mean uh, you know i apologize for for the season that we've had i mean with the with the the corona going around it's it's totally messed up things and it's very hard to organize and plan for events when when it's so fluid and it's changing week by week uh so we're doing the best that we can uh we just look forward to this you know being in uh, in the rear view mirror and and this winter coming out with some more events and hopefully oh, we you will back to uh vortex optics and some other locations hopefully
0: excellent so then you, then you're gonna take the fall off right because that's because you're gonna spend what the next you're gonna spend what a month two months out west
2: uh this year will be two weeks that will be out in colorado okay uh so it'll be the first uh the first two weeks of september will be hunting elk yeah and then, uh, we'll come back and get some get the honeydew list done and then start whitetail hunting in awesome. and not probably
0: you're going back to none your business mountain right uh, that's right
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah.
0: exactly right yeah because uh, that's that, like that <laughs> From our first conversation, because it's like I wanted to get an idea of the topography, like where you're going to be going at, like. But it's like without telling them where you're going, so I, But sorry, that, that's that's exciting. That you're you're going to be able to go back to the same zone.
2: Well, actually, this is a different zone. Okay. Uh, and this this unit that will that will be in has three has three mountains that are over fourteen thousand feet. Ooh, you're right so, up your alley. You're so excited. it's going to be uh, some significant uh, altitude adjustment, and uh, probably hunting because we'll be out there uh, for season opener on September second. Uh, so we'll probably. Be be above treeline, uh, glassing, and, and trying to put on some stocks. That's awesome. I have a friend of mine. He just
0: started archery two years ago, three years ago. He got drawn for M11, and it, uh, that's it's down in Arizona. And what makes this so tr- difficult is that it's he is going to be hunting on the outskirts of Flagstaff. It's like and he's got a lot of different weird laws he's got to deal with. So I point him towards Hunt and Talk uh, forum and stuff like that to to help him navigate those laws because there's a, a lot of stuff that they just passed just recently after the new regular. Er, they just announced all the tags stuff. So he got cow elk, which is gonna still be fantastic for him. But he's yeah. gonna be his, is going out there archery and so I'm, I'm excited for him. I'm happy. I, I knew I was gonna get him into it because every every time I always get it. You know, last time we got, a, I got him into some of his paintball. So it's like you just, it just kind of passed that passion along. And that's what I found. Like what um, what people have done with the podcast world and Rogan and John Dudley and all these guys. They've been able to convey this passion, which has blossomed the entire industry. Right. I think it's like we're starting to see a big resurgence. Like. You said this event's going to bring in
1: like almost 500 people over the course of the next couple of days, fingers crossed. Yeah, and, and I might have overshot that a little bit. They did have an event that was over 400 a few years back, but that was actually a four day or I think it was just the way that the calendar fell. So, okay, there, I think we're upwards of 100. I haven't checked in for you know since we got on here, but I think they were at almost 110 when we sat down, and that's a good first day for them. They think yeah, it'll be the best day. So, I, I mean, we're going to hit three for sure, three, three, fifty. Yes, which I mean, up until this point, you know, 140 was our best day ever. So, we're we're very happy with the that's Awesome, it is mm-hmm. a lot of eyeballs on stuff and just to just to circle back around to what brian's doing i mean yeah, i threw a joke out there about being a tree stand but um uh we were uh for the last few years have been a sponsor of the total archery challenge out west yes and that you know those kind of events are are the, I think the West gets stereotyped that that stuff's only out there but I, I really applaud him for what he's doing because he's bringing that kind of an event here yes and you know we're, we're both very passionate about what we do even though we're in different different areas but we're, we're still doing it with bows and arrows in our hands so I'm, I'm excited to see individually where he and I are going to take our organizations here in the next few years and then collectively because I think it's going to help you know we, we need a revival in this industry as far as bringing new people into the sport yes and so I'm I'm pumped I'm, yeah. I'm really excited I
2: can't agree more and uh, and you're right. You know, the, I've participated in those events out west, and, and I go out there, and it's like, why can't we do this here? Why isn't anybody doing it? So yes. it's finally like, well, you know what? I'm going to do it myself then. And, and, and because I think the Midwest is overlooked sometimes. It I, is? I think... Uh, uh, we're underrated sometimes yeah you know th- they think we're just a bunch of flatlanders but uh oh, no, so like i've driven
0: through iowa <laughs> it's not flat nebraska's flat but everything right. but it's like when you look at it though, there's a lot of places that allows you to go elk hunting because you've got wisconsin here you got we got missouri kentucky uh i'm not sure about pennsylvania but i think there's an archery season for elk out there but it's yep. like it's yep. it's the what the the REM, REMF is doing is just fantastic you know and there's record books stating
2: that there was elk in florida no? Back uh, yeah. f- years and years and years and years ago. Right, right. So no, I'm I'm looking forward to this, and and uh, I'm humbled to have be on the podcast with you guys. I don't know why anybody wants to listen to me, but, uh, <laughs> but Jeff, you do.
0: People like job, listening you know. to you, man. I I to applaud you for it. I appreciate you guys, and then Plus it's always always fun coming coming back and talking to you guys, especially now like Chris here. It's like this is just icing the cake. I'm like a, a kid in a candy store right here because you guys are icons. Because you guys are going above and beyond like you never thought you'd be, and it's like all of a sudden it's like it's just, just blossoming. But also. Having the faith allow you to open your your heart allows you to get to different place
1: you never thought you'd ever g- That's right. get, get there. God you that know? is good, brother. Amen to that. Amen to that. So no, I you, you can have me back on here anytime. I'd love to come back on. I uh, I'm a talker. My wife will attest. So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we we are all salesmen in our own right. So
0: I want to say thank you guys for coming on here. I want to say um, sorry for your loss, but I'm it's glad to to be part of what your father created 36 years ago and where it's at. To today, and I'm, I know my international listeners will appreciate you because, like you guys, it's world renowned for HHJ for the people that listen to this. So, anyways, thank you guys for tuning in. You guys will sign this this podcast shortly.
2: Awesome. Yeah.